right, everybody, welcome to another episode of I'll Be the Judge of That. I'm your host, Evan Ryan Lewis, as never before been done. But my guest today, and maybe every day, we'll have to see, is Adam Eagle Rock. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on the show. Absolutely. This is my show. You kind of hijacked it, but it's your concept, so let's roll. All right. And uh, as the host, I have to ask, anything interesting happened to you this week? As a matter of fact, um, Monday night was the scariest thing that's ever happened to me in my entire life. I was attacked by a great white shark. I kid you not. This is a true story. This is a true story. Monday evening, I went surfing. Sun had set. The sky is still pink and orange. My buddies caught waves, except for this one kid who like tried to wave and was paddling toward me now, and it's just me sitting out there, calm, mellow, glassy, beautiful conditions. I'm so excited to get the next like half hour all to ourselves. And I get whack on the bottom of the board. And I lift my arms up, and I was kind of like, what the... Did you see anything? At this point, no. And I, when I lift my arms up, then... And I looked down, because I'm looking down, because I thought I was like on a rock or something, like maybe it was a seal. I look down, and I just see the fin and the tail right next to me, coming at me. This all happened in seconds. Above the water, you saw it? Above the water. Whoa. Shark went under me, and then all of a sudden I got whiplash, like clotheslined from under my board, though. So like underwater, and flipped off my board. The kid who's paddling back out to the lineup... Saw all this go down, turns around, starts screaming. You got knocked it's off your shark board. Flown off Whoa. the board. And at this point, I'm like, I'm, I lost a limb. I don't know. My adrenaline was so high. Mm-hmm. I, my whole body was vibrating. It was shaking. The kid's screaming, it's a shark paddle, paddle. And I'm paddling with my like, legs bent, and, but I'm punching the water because I was so scared to like really put my arm in the water as like a full extension and then have to just, you know, then I'm... This like, is terrifying. It was the worst experience in my entire in my entire. It shook me. I couldn't sleep that night. I came home. I showered. I changed. So you I, swam all the way in. Paddled it all the way in. And came never, back and no just more encounters. G- gave my buddy a big old hug and I was just so grateful I was alive. Wow. And I couldn't. It's kept me out of the water for four days. Wow. Then I was back in. Feels nice. You went back in. Yeah. Good for you. Got to face your fears sometimes. All right. Topic. Was it an attack? It's a great topic. It's a great get, like bumped into on the street. It was a, it was a bump, like for sure. What I think happened is like, the, shark the shark was, was just texting. Like, hey, what's up? Just wanted to say, hey, I'm gonna eat you. Oh no, you're too big. You're not really my speed. It was like six foot. It was bigger than my board, but that's like a juvenile great white. Mm-hmm. So they eat like little like stingrays. They mm-hmm. don't eat like huge animals or right. huge, you know. So he probably popped out, I'm going to eat you. Oh, just kidding. You're kind of much bigger than I thought. I'm going to swim out here. Sharks swim. Great whites swim 40 miles an hour. So I feel like on his way to peace out of there, his tail just like whipped me. So in, in <laughs> He was reality, on his way to Malibu? He was on his was like, yeah, I'm, I'm done. I'm, uh-huh. go- I'm going north. Uh-huh. And for, yeah, that's a great, great question. Mm-hmm. It was not an attack at all. But I like prefacing that because it grasps the reader's attention. That's true. Would you survive a attack from a yeah. juvenile great white shark? Oh, for sure. The statistics show that you are more likely to have a vending machine fall on you and die than you are to actually die by a great white shark right, attack. Right, right. Which is wild. But however, the statistics of like an attack in a limb loss is like a hundred percent. Like a full on attack, like you're 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 missing a calf. 
So my, I have a grandfather, he's 89, and he's always worried that I'll be attacked by a shark when I go into the ocean. For, every time I go to the beach, he's like, be careful with the sharks. And I always tell him about statistics like that. Right. So he sends me an email one time about how there was like five shark attacks on the east coast of the country. And I reply back and I was like, you know, if you lived your life like that, you would never get in your car and drive on the four or five freeway. That's way more dangerous. That's true. And he writes back, the article said there was five shark attacks on the East Coast and uh, there's been zero shark attacks on the 405 freeway. <laughs> Is this Maurice? Yeah. No, he's the character. That's amazing. But so, that was my week. Amazing. How was your week? Uh, not as interesting as that. I'm not going to follow up a shark attack story. Okay, so the way the podcast works is we each bring three topics and... You discuss the topic. You don't have to come to an agreement or there's not a winner or a loser. And they're like social topics, like what's right behavior, what's socially acceptable, what can you do, and what can't you do. They're pretty insignificant and small, but they happen to everyone all the time. Okay, who goes first? Well, you're the host, so I'm going to kick it off. Oh, the guest goes first? I like how you're asking me as (laughs) if I'm hosting this one. All right, as the guest, you get to go first. All right. So speaking about the freeway, when you're driving on the freeway and you, now you got to go, and this happens all the time in LA specifically because there's so much traffic in LA, right? So you're driving on the freeway and now here's your exit is coming up, let's say two miles. And all of a sudden you see all the cars on the right lane starting to back up, back up, back up, back up. So you know that if you wait, now you can pull to the right lane and sit and wait in that traffic or you can kind of go in the, not the furthest right lane, but the other right the next to it and creep up and then just hit the indicator and snipe in right, right at the last minute. Uh, when you've waited the whole time, you're like that asshole. What do you do? Oof. It's, I'll tell you something that I do. If I wait, I get very defensive. So defensive. Like, you're so defensive. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. You do the extreme gas hit yeah. to the brake mm-hmm. immediately. Like, there's a couple of classics. I mean, the 10-405 one. Oh, for sure. Well, it happened to me. I was driving south to the PCH from where I live, and I needed to pick up my buddy who lives in Santa Monica. And the exit, it was because last weekend it was like 85 degrees out. Mm. It was like the most beautiful weekend in January. And then it snowed in Malibu last night. Did it really? In the canyons, Not surprised. Yeah. This is just weird weather and i'm driving i'm driving down to the pch i gotta make a right off lincoln and you know or the 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 fourth street and the fifth street exit is just backed up like crazy Mm -hmm. and i waited and then got immediately pissed off and defensive Uh with every person Uh who tried to indicator me in not Mm -hmm. a chance sucker however i've done the the cut yeah see this is a great topic because it just depends on what side you're on because when you're like down to the end and you have to get over and no one's letting you in, you're like, oh, come on. Right. <laughs> and then somebody finally does and they're like, a, you know, probably because they're texting. They didn't even mean to. They're just mm-hmm. looking at their phone. But I do it when I'm um, when I do a repetitive route. Interesting. So if I was heading to Santa Monica at the mm-hmm. same time in uh-huh. the same traffic, I will do the cut every time. Right. But this was You're like, like a Glendale one-off. for some reason. Right. You'll it's like, I'll, I'll wait my turn. Like, this is unfamiliar territory. Yeah. You know, I'm not a local here. I don't have the same respect. Uh-huh. I like that rule, actually. Territorial? Yeah. I think a routine drive, it makes sense. Like, so this what, is my what's your typical move? Like if you were to drive right now and you were to go to visit your folks, 
up in the valley, like, what would you do? I would probably wait in line to get on from the 405 to the 101. There's always going down that hill. Right, right. Yeah. This Paul would pass thing. You know, mm-hmm. you'd wait. If it was today, yeah. But if I was like in a big rush or something, or if I was stressed out, then I feel like entitled and wait to the bottom of the hill. Right. Have you ever missed and had to keep going? Um, I yeah. It's it, there's like this applied pressure that get that you get by like going sixty five plus miles an hour to sitting going five miles an hour, like creeping in, trying to get in, trying to get in, trying to get in, and right. then you're getting closer to the cones and right. you're like, what the fuck? What the? And all the other cars to the left are zooming by and you're not even technically supposed to be in that striped area, but you're still in the striped area. So you're kind of panicking. No one's letting you in. They're getting pissed off. You're getting pissed off. And sometimes I just turn and go, but I, I, I more aggressively will butt my way in and feel entitled to it. Mm-hmm. Never feel guilty. If you're doing the, the, the cut, you gotta, you gotta just wait for that one person that's just looking at their phone and just gun it right through. Yeah. Well, I think that one's a case by case. I, I'd say I, I wait more often, but I, I am the guy who tries to cut at the end, too. Right. Territorial, you know. Okay. My first topic. Uh, people like to tell you what books they've read. It's like an accomplishment to, to finish a book. And <laughs> right. oftentimes I find people who tell me about books they've read, listen to them. Oh, God. You're going to talk about this? And I think there's such a big difference. The topic is, can you tell someone you read a book when you listen to it? Is reading a book the same as listening to a book? Those are two different questions. My immediate response to the first one is, can you tell people that you've read a book if you listen to it is absolutely yes. (laughs) Because that is something that I personally do often. Listen to books. Listen to books. Yeah. I read... Because when I read, I read slower, I highlight, it's I make much notes, yeah. I, I'm like very meticulous about it. Sometimes, sometimes, and not even sometimes, a lot of times, I listen to the book and read it at the same time. I have a storyteller <laughs> uh-huh. while I'm highlighting, making and notes. And you follow along? And I follow along. Really? Yeah. I've like never I'm in a classroom. Uh-huh. <laughs> Half the books that I have on my bookshelf are have been parlayed. Those, I would say you've read them then. I had somebody else storytelling me the the book, but you were you were reading too. And is it the same thing? Absolutely not. No, it's to me. So I, I I'm fascinated with public speaking. I'm fascinated with speeches, and I'm fascinated with um. I, how do I I I don't want to say like storytelling, but I I there's good readers. Like if you go, if you start looking up, I'm like a huge fan of Audible. So I study and I look up the best readers. And I actually sometimes like a reader so much, like somebody who's reading the book to me. Uh-huh. I will re- read quote quotes, however you want to preface that. Right. Another book that he did that I wasn't even interested in because his voice is so good. That's a great point that uh, an audiobook, how much you like an audiobook depends so much on the reader. Absolutely. Yeah. So can I mean I do I say it all the time. I mean Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey, okay? Bought the book, the book was like it's going to be back order, it'll be in 3 weeks. I'm antsy. So I'm on You Aud- bought Green Lights. Yeah. So I'm on Audible. This is like 2 months ago. I'm on Audible and what do I know? Green Lights is on there and who's narrating it? Matthew McConaughey. 
<laughs> so I clicked the sample. You get like four minutes or something and you get a sample. And I'm like, this is just, oh, oh my God. Yes. I want because him. Because he's reading it. Because he yeah, is reading You love Matthew McConaughey. Oh, it's so good. It was incredible. <laughs> I mean, I flew through that so fast. Plus the duration of, I always choose durate by, books by duration. So there's this book I'm interested in reading. Two of them. Reading? <laughs> listening to <laughs> there's there's two there's there's the president obama book uh-huh he reads that one i actually think he narrates it yes and but it's so long right it's 50 oh something God. hours yeah, that guy and then there's infinite jest by david foster wallace which is another 56 hour thing and to commit back when i was living in hollywood and doing a commute that would take yeah. an hour every time like i was flying through like two books a week now it's a little different. Yeah, to read Infinite Jest would be like a big ordeal. For sure. But you listen to that on your drive to and from work. I don't feel like you could say you you read that book. So, okay, so if I went up to you, you and You consumed said, the book. You didn't read it. <laughs> so if I went up to you and I said, I listened to whatever book. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's like a... a relatively new difficult read um the obama book okay i i listened to the obama book would you find the same respect for me saying that as you would as if i said i read absolutely not that's absolutely not that's why i said that's why i say i read the book i don't want to get demoted i know all the facts we can Uh, talk about it just to sound smarter oh did you did you hear about the plot twist on chapter seven i already know about that because i quote read Read the book yeah I was I, I read this great podcast. No, get the hell out of <laughs> what? here. I read a great podcast about Nixon. I would be I would be impressed with your uh, stupidity for reading a podcast. I I love audiobooks. I listened to the uh, Nike one. She yeah, Dog. she dog, yeah. Amazing. Read that. No, you didn't. You listened <laughs> to it. <laughs> By the way, I'm trying to implement the wink more. What uh, do you think about that? Winking more? Yeah. Nah, I'm not about it. You're not about no. it? Most people that I tell about it after I've already dropped the hard wink on them <laughs> aren't about it no. for some reason. What's so, the right uh, place to use a wink? That's a topic. I, I'm i trying to implement it in the right areas. Like It's like, <laughs> hey, what's up? Sarcastic. Like, yeah, I read the book, dropped the wink, because uh-huh. you know we're talking about how uh, I uh-huh. actually listen to it. Or I could be like... What's up, baby? <laughs> yeah, not less of those. Less, less. Yeah, interesting. That's a funny topic. That's that's a good one. So I'm gonna go with absolutely yes. You can. Okay. And is it the same thing? No, but nobody needs to know that. I'm gonna say, don't ever tell me. This goes out to everybody that you read a book if you listen to it. Just clarify. I will only clarify if I listen to the book if the narrator is worth saying that i listened to the book hey i listened to president obama's book guess what obama read it mm-hmm. listen to green lights matthew mcconaughey read it. i listened to cormac mccarthy's in blood meridian not a chance i don't know who sean pratt is <laughs> but he's a great narrator apparently um it's it's good okay is it polite topic number is this two mm-hmm. topic number two is it polite to tell someone, to ask someone to chew with their mouth closed? And when, can, when is it the right time to do it or the wrong time? That's a great topic. Shout out to Gordon for telling me to chew with my mouth <laughs> closed. This is a similar topic to 
when do you tell someone that there's something in their teeth? Always. And so you might make a similar argument for the chewing with your mouth open. I don't, I don't know that I would be so quick to tell someone that. I, I'm not, but I tell people about the food in the teeth mm-hmm. or like a little schmear on the side. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, tell them, I'll, I'll let them know. It's kind of like, because they could fix that no problem. Right, it's not right. a character flaw. Right, interesting. Right, yeah. chewing with your mouth open is just, I was so <laughs> hungry the other night. I was just, I was eating chips. It's eating the salad at the same time, just going, going. And mm-hmm. he's like, can you chew with your, and I felt so insulted. Like I got defensive and angry and like uh-huh. kind of like who is this guy to tell me all inside you know uh huh but yeah do you so okay first date you just let it ride the mm-hmm. date yeah for sure do you think about it I I don't know too often I've noticed where I would want to say something what about talking when you're eating like food in your mouth some people are just like messy or like disgusting eaters. Yeah. Like comedians in cars getting coffee, you have to watch all those people eat food. That's a difficult show to do. <laughs> Some of them are just like disgusting. Well, so when you go on when you go on dates, do you back pre-covid, do you take them to restaurants? What do you order something that is like palatable to eat and yeah, talk I at think, the same time? Yeah. I wouldn't order like ribs on a first date. No, nah, right. No no chicken, no crawfish. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's that's good. That's a funny idea for a dating show, though. You send them to a crawfish restaurant to see <laughs> yeah. what happens. Uh-huh. So you can put your bib on? Right. Um, what about, you know, family dinner? You tell your one of your family members, hey, chew with your mouth closed? <sighs> and how do you do it? What do you yeah, say? Yeah, I think no. I think it's too much. Uh, so you're just letting them live their life yeah, with food let- on their face and chewing with their mouth open? Yeah. It's disgusting. <laughs> So which side are you on? I think that you, you need to tell them. Not first date. Now you ride that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, interview, anything like that you're trying to make an impression of yourself. I don't think so. Food on the face, something in the teeth. Yes, always let them know. Because frankly, I can't have a conversation with somebody if they have something in their teeth. Right. I have no idea what you're saying. I'm staring at your teeth the whole time. You know, I'm just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I start doing the motion like letting them know like start mocking me uh-huh. you know like i start picking my teeth hoping that they would do that <laughs> i think i stand on this one i wouldn't say anything let you people wouldn't. eat how they eat animals out there there's animals out there and then sometimes you're the animal when you get attacked by a great white shark and there's a burrito at home i've never eaten so much food that <laughs> unbelievable um okay this one is actually on the topic of food and you're at a restaurant, again, pre-COVID, or if you're not in Los Angeles, you can go right. to restaurants a lot of places. But um, once someone orders something, is that item now off the table for you to order? Can you order the exact same thing as someone else? Give me a situation. Like, you go out to dinner, someone says... No, I know someone. I'm saying, like, is it, if, am I on a date? Am I, again, with the impression... I don't know. I, it doesn't I, matter. If you and I went out to dinner and I got like the chicken parm sandwich. Do you make it a point to let them know, to let everybody know and the server know that you were also going to get that? <laughs> you know what I mean? You could call I do, it That's out, what like, I, I do. I was going to get that. Yeah. Uh-huh. The second that's what I, oh, uh-huh. I was actually going to get that. Mm-hmm. I've been that's using a, move. a move that you, you, I think it was you who told me about. I, you asked the server, what's the most popular ordered item? 
Like, like, what do people like when they come here? You know, that is always my question because I, I hate when you say what's good here and they recommend what they like and you don't know what their taste preferences are. Right, right, right. Like, you're gonna love it. I'm like, there's a lot of tuna. It's like, oh no, I'm not a big tuna guy. <laughs> a lot of honey. So, the thing and then you feel bad not taking their suggestions. That's what kills me. So now I was I'm, actually gonna do that as a topic. Um, do you have to take a waiter suggestion in that situation? No, you don't, but I feel so good. So one time I, I just, it's essentially what I do is I read the menu. This is actually the move I, I do. I read the menu. I think about what I want. I get up to go to the bathroom and stare at everybody else's plate. See the presentation uh-huh. of what other people ordered. Mm-hmm. Say, oh my God, I was going for the turkey club, but the short, the, the French dip now actually looks bomb. So I'm going to now order that. And I mark that in my head and go back, sit down. However, when I finally choose on something, I was like, hey, I was going to get the turkey club. And I go, you know, what, what's the most popular order item here? And they go, oh, like the tuna fish sandwich. Or, and like just start listing th- all, like five different things and none of which was on my own menu uh-huh. that I wanted to order. Uh-huh. Then I feel like I'm stuck between a rock and a hard place here. Right. Like I want to just stand up and leave the restaurant. Right. Got to try something else. <laughs> like praying that he goes, the turkey club is exactly what you want here. And I'm like, yes, right. great. So why do we ask at all when we know what we want? Confidence, double dipping. You know, you get something and then they just like... They could also influence it when you're like, so how's the burger here? And they're like, it's okay, you know. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. That's why you ask. Right. I I would order the same thing somebody else ordered if... Also, it depends if they've been there or not. Mm-hmm. You know, I show up, I don't really know that they've been here or not. And then they go to an order... And that now, because we were talking about something different, and I, I never was like, hey, have you been here? What's the move? And then they get, like, uh, the mahi, and I had my eye on the burger, and they go, you got to get the mahi. Like, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, of course I'll get it. Plus, I eat anything. I think you can do the move where you try to make one ch- minor change, like, oh, but can I get American cheese on mine? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like, you already had a pre-plan? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you think about that all in a split second? right. Well, what about just you always taking the first order? Well, there's a lot of dominance there. Yeah, it's, that's a big responsibility. Wait, have you ever placed the first order? Then they went around the table. And Everyone changed, else yeah. got something different. And uh, then you're like, actually, I'll go with what they all got as right. well. Yeah, but I really hate making that change. Hate it. Yeah. It's like, oh, God. You yeah. feel like such a follower. Right. You want to have so much confidence in your order. Right. You went from a shepherd to a sheep instantly. Yeah. Uh, a real estate team I worked on, we'd always go out for lunch and there was a big competition about who made the best order at random restaurants no one's ever been to. Like who ended up choosing? Uh, there's a guy I used to work with. He is known for ordering the worst food possible. Like his orders are atrocious. Orders uh-huh. too much, orders too little. Actually, one time I was at this restaurant and we were out with like these two clients and they were taking us out and we went to that seafood restaurant on ocean in santa monica really good um i forgot what it's called right now uh herringbone i think Mm -hmm. it is and we ordered like there's this one guy who's been there and he's he's works with me and then these two clients so he's ordering all the appetizers oh you you gotta get the octopus the buffalo octopus so good gotta get this gotta get that so we all order these things now it comes time to the entrees. Well, the entrees, you're on your own now. <laughs> so I was, for some reason, craving crab cakes. Mm-hmm. And how I was interpreting the menu while talking to these clients, 
I interpreted the crab cake as a entree when in fact it was not only an appetizer, but it was like a side dish appetizer. So everybody orders their food. The, the, guy, the guy didn't even let me know that this was not the move to order. The server, food comes out. My buddy's fish was falling off the side of his massive plate. <laughs> I got a little saucer uh-huh. with a crab cake, maybe two inches in, in wide. And it was I, for my entree. Right. And now I, I look like such an idiot. Right. Like such, I should have followed, yeah. followed the order. Yeah, it's tough. There's a, shout out to Brandon Bank if you're listening. There's an old saying, you can't out-order bank. Can't out-order. Mm-hmm. Well, he knows, he knows food and denim. That's what that's, <laughs> Brandon's known for food and denim. <laughs> that's hysterical. All right. All right. Third topic. Your last topic. My last topic. Let's see here. Um, okay. Can you return a very thoughtful gift from someone? And like, do you ask for the receipt if you want to return it? Great question. So on Christmas, I watched somebody that I'm very close with give somebody else that I'm also close with a gift. And I thought going into it, I knew about the gift. I was like, this is a great gift. Like, she's going to love it. And she didn't love it. And she was like kind of hesitant to show that emotion. And throughout the course of like an hour and a half, somehow I wasn't like aware of this, but she made it known that she wants to return this gift. Mm -hmm. Now I thought he had the story, thought it was thoughtful. And it was like, it was a weighted blanket. He's like, when I'm not there, all this bullshit. Right. Right. And I was like, that's, you know, I was so excited for her to open it because I wanted to feel the weighted blanket. I wanted some love. Right. right. (laughs) And she didn't like it and she wanted to return it. But he was like, had been thinking about it for a while. Like, can you, can you, do you do that? This is a great topic. I'm thinking about it now as you're explaining the premise. I think that you want someone to en- enjoy the gift. There's a whole other caveat for something's not sized correctly, but you do like the gift. Oh, for sure. That's an easy one, though. You put it on, you're like, it's too big. Right. That one, I think you could say, do you have the receipt? And the color and the actual article i'd like to change <laughs> company is okay though right um do you, think, do you do it i think i would do it and i'm trying to think also if i would be okay if i found out someone else did it i would never ask someone for the receipt if i didn't like it but if you if the store took it back regardless then maybe i would do it oh so you you, you don't even let them know that you're returning no i wouldn't secret want to return know. yeah the secret return to the thoughtful gift yeah. wow and then you you have to like lie to them when they call you randomly right, right, like right. on the way to the store. What are you doing? I'm right. just How's errands. That, yeah. <laughs> How's that panini maker we got you? Right. Right. <laughs> I made the best sandwich. I feel like in the, if it's thoughtful, they'll ask about it. Right. Well, gifts should be thoughtful, I think. A hundred percent. Yeah. But like Christmas or something like uh, yeah, I mean, there's people in the office, right? I, I gift a lot of books, contrary to the fact that I listen to. Do you gift audiobook do files give or do you give physical books? books? I give physical books. And how are they supposed to consume these then? That's the, <laughs> that's in their own making, right? I like that. That's the concept. I think I shared this on our last cast or something. That's the concept of the white elephant. Is, yeah. Is like, you got to give. You have to give something to somebody that is very uh, labor intensive to do, right. right? So like buying them like an unfinished IKEA set up right right or a book you got to read it to enjoy you got to peloton you got to cycle to you know get the use out of it so i give a lot of books and i don't ever follow up with them but i also give books specifically to people that i think would enjoy 
the book. I don't. I feel like I'd be insulted if they're like, "You got the receipt for this fucking thing." You would be insulted. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Hundred percent. Yeah. So you wouldn't do it, and you would be insulted. Right. All right. I say no. Can't. Can't do that. Can't do it. Right. Unless there's a sizing issue. My brother immediately lets you know. Immediately. He's like, "That's not for me." Like, I he'll open it up. He goes, "This is very thoughtful, but th- I don't want this." Uh huh. <laughs> Seriously. Right away. What's his uh, return rate? What's his rejection rate? Oh, like 100%. <laughs> and you think that he's like not a picky guy, but for some reason it's just... Uh-huh. And, and so now I know going into it, but the first time I saw it go down, I was like, this guy's got balls. Uh-huh. He's got balls to do that to mom? What are you nuts? I would say my grandfather, Maurice, we were talking earlier, rejects like three quarters of gifts. You get him. What does he say to you? Just like, I don't want this same kind of thing. <laughs> He's like, all right, man. Yeah, he has one. Yeah, you can't get him anything. Okay, like 90 years old, all right? Yeah. Give me something. Give me a woman. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, okay, my last topic, the final topic of the show. Um, are lottery winners self-made? And what I mean by that is when people are wealthy, sometimes it's like, yeah, he like, you know, works at his dad's company, whatever. It's big, whatever. Or there's someone who's like, yeah, he like started his own company and he's self-made. And there's different stigmas to both. You're saying if you're a, the winner of like the mega millions drawing, right? Like, are you considered self-made? Yes. Huh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, again, I I, I read books, right? <laughs> so I think I'd be self-made. No, I mean, isn't that stuff kind of public? Plus, everybody knows about it. Are you talking like 20 years later? You're like, yeah, so how did you get your wealth? Yeah. And you're like, well, it all started when I spent $20 at the 76 gas station on the corner. Exactly. And I had no money in my pocket but the $20. And ever since then, I've just been self-made. Exactly. I think, yeah, for sure. But it, it's <laughs> like you Google somebody's name. I, don't, I feel like it would come up right away. I don't know. I, I don't know how public it is. I think that it also depends how you spend it. Like everybody, everybody knows that everybody takes the cash money first right away. No one does this thirty. I'll do. I'll do the thirty-year payout, please. Right. Like nobody does that. Right. So you take the cash up front, and then most people like blow it, right? And you. That's buy what it. they say, which is crazy to me. It's not that crazy. Like I instantly, I I'd fly home, right? First class, if not private, and I'd buy my. I I'd go, mom, we're going house shopping. Any house you want, I don't buy it right now. Right, and then mm-hmm. we'll go get her a car, right. and then like I like do all that, and before I know it, like this sounds boom. like what Shaquille O'Neal did when he got his first contract in the NBA. Yeah, exactly. And then I'm out 25 million with with the bl- just traveling home. Right, I easily see it for sure. <laughs> Blown it. Right. Now, my what would you do the first if you won the lottery? What was the, what's the very very first thing, the instant? What would you do? I mean, it all depends on the amount of money, I guess. I'd call a lawyer. That's the first answer. First Very, I, I, would, I would call my mother. No, I, I want to try to surprise her. You know, I think about this all the time. Winning the lottery and buying your mom a house? Yeah. Like, well, I, I wouldn't ever buy her a house that she didn't approve of. So I'd surprise <laughs> her by like, meet at, meet at like the Delaware private strip. <laughs> There's a plane waiting. Don't even pack your bags. You're, uh-huh. you're coming out here. Um, I, yeah, I'd, I'd call a lawyer instantly. And the house is in Delaware or in L.A.? No. 
Oh, where I'd buy the house? No, yeah. there's like a private airport in Delaware. It's like super. What if she's sure. like your brother and she's like, no, nah, I don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I wouldn't yeah. choose a house that she's not cool with. You get her like a penthouse in Chicago or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Right. Detroit? Why? Yeah. Um, are you self-made? The answer would be, I mean, technically, yes. I think technically, yes. So, I mean, that's a story in itself. If you didn't blow the money and you're right. at the point that you could say that you're self-made. Right. If you win like 15 then million who, Then no one cares. Yeah. It just, it wouldn't matter right. if you say I'm self-made. Right. This no. is my friend, John. It's like, oh, what do you do? He's like, nothing. I won the lottery like four years ago and I'm never going to work again. <laughs> <laughs> fucking john right you know have you ever met a lottery winner not on like any kind of substantial scale no what do you mean substantial scale? like when i was in my freshman year of college i convinced like the 10 people on my floor to like we all threw in like five bucks or 10 bucks whatever and we're all buying lottery tickets and i was like you're not gonna be the one person who didn't do it you know and right right we threw in like 100 bucks or 50 bucks whatever and it came out like we lost like two dollars like, like one ticket won like 48 dollars whatever so we threw it in again and then it went down to zero Oh, so the answer to that question would then be no. I'm talking about the, the real lotto. No. So my cousin, a family friend of his from his hometown, small town in upstate New York, hit the mega millions. How many is that? Hundreds of millions of dollars. No way. Right. Yeah. This this guy, I mean, I don't know. I don't remember his last name. His first name is Sandy, right? Sandy <laughs> hits this. Fast forward like two, a year, two years, whatever my cousin calls me he's like you want to go to the pga event at riviera so we go and he's like yeah we gotta just like get the tickets from this guy and we like meet this guy and we we're sitting at creme de la creme any i'm like what does this guy do and like my cousin's not like he's self-made he literally was just like he hit the lottery we got like forty thousand dollar tickets right now we're just like buffet met the band oar i who cares Unbelievable. right right but how long ago was this? Three, four years ago. Oh, when he hit it, probably five or six years ago. And where do you think he is now? Is he broke? No, he's just golfing. <laughs> self-made man. Self-made. Yeah, I think he can. You say you're self-made. Um, all right, we're gonna end this podcast as we end every podcast <laughs> yeah, with, with a the- coronavirus prediction. And the way these work is we come up with a prediction, and then when we're either proven right or proven wrong, we play it back. And, and, this and if you're curious about how this plays out, this I am too, because I've never heard of this. One. The coronavirus <laughs> prediction? The I think we did it on one cast. Right. This week's coronavirus prediction is, will you and I like reasonably be able to get a vaccine if we want one by the 4th of July? No. I say yes. I know. You're, you're all about coronavirus ending, and so am I. I just don't believe it. There's like the, of July. There's a new strain. There's new this. There's new that. Everyone's dying. It's. Uh, well, I'm not asking like if like our behavior changes because of the vaccine. It's just like, will you be able to if you want to get one by the Fourth of July? Us? No. Yeah. You and I. We're too young and healthy. Honestly. All right. I'm saying yes. I think over 65. Yeah, it's going to keep getting lowered and lowered. That's the best part of the last podcast. We were just talking about. How there's just a bunch of nurses and old people at all these concerts. That was so funny, yeah. <laughs> the first group of people to travel are nurses and old nurses people. Nurses and old people. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, thank you so much for joining. Appreciate the time. Oh, absolutely. Really. I know. Thanks, just... for, thanks for coming on. And we'll see you guys next week. And goodbye.